0: Welcome to The Spirit Anointing the Word, the podcast of Highland Church, Jamaica, New York, with Pastor Subash Cherian. We're so glad to have you with us today, and we're excited about God's Word because it gives us strength and hope for each and every day. Let's listen as Pastor Subash shares this powerful message. How precious, how gracious the Lord is to us. And so we stand here in the threshold of a brand-new year, 2023. Looking back in the last couple of years, it's not been easy. It's something that we have never, ever experienced, not in our lifetime. Even those that have lived a long time could sell you this is one of the worst situations. We're slowly coming out of it, but every day, is valuable, every day is precious. When we go into the book of Ecclesiastic, chapter three and verse one, we're told that God gives us seasons and times, and he understands everything that takes place. It is for a purpose, to every purpose under the heaven. And it's not an accident all of these things come to pass, and we're so grateful to God and what he says in verse 11 is, he has put the word or eternity in our hearts. What is so beautiful that he, he hath made everything beautiful in his time, putting eternity in. And may we live with that eternity in our day, in our time. I'm talking about the five senses, it's in threefold on Sunday. I'll be talking about what we all know the five senses of the physical body and there are amongst us people who are strong it's very important because all of that takes to make us strong and then there is the third second one that is the five senses of our soul literally many people have not made uh, much value of it but whether intellectual or opening your visions to see great things through your soul and all of this it's not evil it is something that men actually rise up to the occasion because of the five senses of the soul. But nothing as important as the five senses of the Spirit. That is the most powerful I will be putting uh, before you the Sunday's coming and tomorrow as well. But what I want you to understand, the times and seasons are important because they become so valuable to us. They're lost once it's gone, never can come back again. If you think in terms of a billion dollars, you have wasted a day. It's done. It's gone. You cannot get back. You cannot accrue it for another time. I want you to understand the days in which we live, time is getting shorter. I don't mean the 24 hours. I mean the length of what would be happening today. It is being so short. But in the world's clock or an eternity clock, we are nearer, towards the culmination of ages than ever before. We're nearer to the return of the Lord Jesus than ever before. But you know, when Paul is answering questions to the church in Corinth, he's made the first word I find is so important in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 9. He says, time is short, or time is brief. In fact, James talks about the brevity of life. It's a vapor, it's come, it's gone same in 1st Corinthians chapter 7 verse 31 he says the fleeting things of this world and the fashions of this world will so fast move and I want you to understand it is something we need to realize and recognize that many of us who are banking on something that's there and here and now we're going to find out it's all moving, it's all shaking, it's all uh, fading away, it's fleeting but let me remind you that What Paul is telling is that we must wake out of the slumber. It is something that Satan has put. He's the God of this world that has blinded the eyes, the spiritual eyes of people that they will not be able to see. They can see physically, they can see with their own emotions and their own intellect, but find it difficult because their eyes have been blinded. But listen to what Paul is saying in Romans chapter 13, verse 11 important statement in time and to be able to awake and that knowing the time that it is now the high time to awake out of the slumber or out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed and then goes on to say in verse 12 that we must the day the night is far spend the day is at hand let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light Cast off all of the things of the past that hurts us. Cast off the works of darkness. Just this morning, I got a text from a very close, precious friend, a born-again, spirit-filled man, talking about a son. I'd met him many years ago, a bright, sharp, intelligent young man, and he's made his third attempt in committing suicide. Many years ago, he fiddled with things he should not have, Graduating from hard drinks to literally into drugs and then into all sorts of things that would have anybody would have said you would destroy his father pleaded with him. He said, Nothing is going to happen. It's okay. But this kid went from one experience to another till finally he landed up in prison, landed up in the mental hospital, landed up in situation. He should never have touched what his friend tried to sell him and give him. Casting away the things of darkness put on the armor of light Young people or older folks don't understand These things have a price to pay enemy is bringing it choking it literally inducing this and it is such a tragedy cast away That's what he says Let's read that Romans chapter 13 verse 11 He says, the night is, verse 11, he goes on to say, knowing the time, it is now high time to awake. Get up, awake. I know you and I and everybody that are watching are awake, and yet we are sleeping in the inner man. We're literally sleeping and letting opportunities slip by. If only we could wake up. For now is the time to awake out of sleep. And he says, now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. We're so much closer to eternity than we have ever believed. We're measuring ourselves in time, and time is allocated to us. No one has uh, the full right to it. God has loaned it to us. He can take it away any day. But many of us are basically burning the candle on two ends, going to meet our Maker before our due time, and we should be careful. Living each day and recognizing that one day we have to stand before the Lord, give an account of all that he's given to us. Listen to what he says, for our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. We're living in calamitous time. We're living in the most dangerous of all times. Now what's happening is things are coming back to us from what we started in so many ways. It's a sad situation when you look at the political scenario around and the wars and the rumors of war, but it's nothing compared to what is going to happen. We are not, we're not basically foolproof, we're still vulnerable. And I want you to understand it just is going to happen, we need to be prepared. But I want you to understand the first world came to an end by water, not so the second time. When you read 2nd 2nd uh, Peter chapter 3 verse 10 2nd Peter chapter 3 verse 12 it says before the coming the entire elements uh, will be on fire it cannot be water it can be something of an explosion a nuclear explosion it's going to be so tragic twice in verse 10 and verse 12 Paul Peter is writing about it but there's something else we need to realize salvation is nearer than when we first believed the coming of our lord jesus christ is ever drawing closer you know when you read james chapter 5 and verse 8 he's saying be patient but why establish yourself for the coming of the lord is near towards the end the last book of the bible is the book of revelation and the number of times that the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, is talking about Him coming. He reminds us in chapter three, verse eleven; chapter sixteen, verse fifteen; chapter twenty-two, and listen to what He says in verse seven, verse twelve, and ultimately in verse twenty. He says, "Behold, I come." His coming is so near. Salvation is nearer than when we first believed. And I also want us to understand something very important. For us believers, we need to realize the day of reckoning is close by. The time is coming to an end. It's not going to last perpetual. None of us are going to see a thousand years. uh, But a day will come whether we will be going on to be with the Lord or the whole thing will be folding in and Jesus would come in. And the question is, would you be caught up to meet the Lord in the air? But what is so important is um, the book of Hebrews, chapter nine, and verse twenty-seven says that there is uh, it is appointed for men once to die, and after that, and after that, the judgment. For believers, it's mentioned actually in Second uh, Corinthians, chapter five, and verse ten, that we must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, not for salvation, but literally to to basically determine whether we have brought any fruits or rewards. And it would be tested by fire. Things like hay and everything else will burn up, but the gold and the silver, things that we did, that endures, will be lasting. There will be reward. How faithful are we to the things of God? Every day, an opportunity slipping by. Every day is a great opportunity. It's here, and then it's gone how fast 2022 has passed by we said that in 2021 we said that again in 2020 and 2019 and we are recognizing how short our time on earth is there's another thing for those who do not know the Lord there's also reckoning that take tells us in Revelation chapter 20 verse 11 verse 12 verse 13 it says and I saw a great white throne And him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away and there was found no place for them. In verse 12, and then I saw the dead small and great stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened. There are several scrolls, several books mentioned in the Bible. There's the book of way recording every details of our life, including our thoughts. Now, God doesn't need a book. He is omniscient, but just so that we would say, I didn't do it. And God says, look at the date, look at the hour, look at the time. It's all recorded. Just in case we think it life is fleeting, no one looks at it, uh, there's no uh, government looking at it, but there's a God who keeps a watch. And I want you to understand, he has loaned gifts to us, he has loaned our lives to us, and one day we would have." We'll have to stand and give an account. Give an account of the children he has given us. Give an account of the opportunities he has given us. Give an account of the work of God that he's given us. And what did we do with it? That is going to be a sad day. But I want you to understand, Amos writing to Israel is telling them to come back to God. And one of the things he tells us in chapter 4, Amos chapter 4 and verse 12, towards the end he says, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. And God is speaking to the church, prepare to meet your God. There must be a time of preparation. There must be a time in which we must examine our heart. Am I ready in case I'm called? Am I ready in case the Lord comes? Am I ready in the day of reckoning? It's just a little too late when you say, I wish I had a second life. I wish I had an opportunity just one life and this is very important so when you look at all of this we recognize something very important that this is a moment that we need to call into remembrance is the goodness of god and to recognize god has been faithful in the past god has answered our prayers god has kept us safe safe from all the calamities which literally many others have not had that opportunity God has been kind to us. God has given us so much opportunities. But what did we do with those opportunities? What would we do with the life that he has loaned to us? And again, we need to remind ourselves, it's important that we understand that we need to take our life seriously. Recognizing that God has a plan and purpose, that's what Ecclesiastes says. That for everything, there's a purpose under the sun seasons and times times and seasons they are given to us not to while away whether in terms of the naturally physically or in terms of the soul or literally in terms of the spiritual we're kept here on earth for a purpose and the Bible talks about David what's and all and yet the New Testament in the book of Acts says he served God in his generation I want you to understand, though we are not infinite, as finite being with all of the markings of failures, yet God gives us an opportunity, forgives us as we repent, and helps us to serve him and to accomplish our purpose. David did in his generation. May we also do that in our generation. I want you to understand we need to remind ourselves One of the good things in the Old Testament was they had a lot of festivity. These were seven festivals, beginning with Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacle. But one of the great festivals that they had was the Day of Atonement. One time in a year, just one time, the high priest went into the temple. He made first covering for himself, covered himself, and the blood was, was very important, and then as he went into the innermost sanctorium he pleaded mercy and there was the blood applied and again they have to wait the next year one time into the inner sanctorium what you find the tabernacle is a series of the physical of the soul and deep down into the spiritual that was an opportunity they longed for yearned for and people of israel stood out as they waited they would not go home until the priest comes and blesses them But I want you to understand, for us, we don't have these uh, great festivity. We don't have Passover, we don't have Pentecost, we don't have tabernacles, we don't have all of the jubilees and everything else, they have been fulfilled. And some of the festivity is yet to be fulfilled, literally in Jesus. But I want you to understand Colossians chapter 2 and verse 16 says that we should not be judged by the things of the old, by literally by the meat or drink or respect of holy day or new moon or Sabbath day. Those have been incomplete. They have been finished. They have been completed, perfected through Jesus. But I want us to remind ourselves that we do have Opportunities every day as we rise up to go into the innermost sanctorium, just like the high priest did one time. We can do it every morning. Avail of that opportunity. You don't need the paraphernalia or of the laws and all of the ceremony and civil and all of the things that were in the Old Testament to be able to meet with God. You go directly to the throne room of God and say, Abba, Father, because he is truly because of what Jesus Christ did. But there's something that we need to realize God has put in place, and this is not an afterthought. It was before the foundation of the earth. We need to realize we were saved by the blood of Jesus as we look backward to what happened 2,000 years ago, but the Old Testament people looked forward to what would take place, and yet the salvation comes by looking at the cross where Jesus, B.C. or A.D. did for us. Thank God for that. But like I said, there's something in the New Testament God has put into place, and that is the gathering of ourselves. One of the things that pandemic has done is shaken the value of people of God. For God's people, it's so sad. They go out to the theater, it's packed. They go out to the ball game, it is packed. They go out to the market, even though it's covered and totally smaller than the size of this place. And when it comes to worshiping God or coming to the assembling, they say, You know, COVID is there, you know, you understand that. I don't understand that. Right. I just saw you coming out of a movie theater. But let me tell you, this is not something man has put there. God, even though we are not not judged by the moon or by the things we eat of the Old Testament, listen to what Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says. Do not forsake the assembling and the gathering of yourselves as some do, and there are some, today many are doing. All the more seeing the day coming, And we need to exhort one another. We need to encourage one another. This has been the worst time for the churches across the world. Churches need exhortation. Believers need to be built. Believers need to be equipped. And there's only one place. Your television cannot do it. You cannot do it by remote control. Then why would God put a church? This is even more important that we come together and don't let anything keep us from gathering and worshiping and being equipped and going out to reach out to the lost we need to do this so often we need to do this every time we gather together so this becomes an opportune moment that we can gather there's nothing especially about the 31st, it's like any other day, but any and every opportunity to gather together to worship the Lord and to be able to be equipped is very important, whether it's a housewarming, whether it's a birthday party, whether it's just a gathering to say, I want to give thanks to God, this is so important that we can exhort one another, seeing the day approaching closer than before. Our salvation is nearer than which we believed it's so close I want us to realize one thing very important as we live in these days is something that is so important as we look into the passage that it's the Bible tells us all the more that God keeps his promise and we need to realize we can trust him in fact second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 is God is not slack concerning his promise he keeps his promise He's faithful to keep his promise, and we need to realize we can trust God in in the midst of all that we're going through, that we can gather together, and we can still take all the precaution and continue to worship the Lord, praise the Lord, and be equipped and be strengthened, and we need one another. I want you to realize this has been a very difficult time for churches, very difficult time for Close-knit people, they have been basically uh, difficult. Families have been uh, hurt. Individuals have been hurt. A lot of circles that have come together have been broken. It ought not to be. We need to come back and not let Satan break the bond, what God has brought together it's so important we understand that this is a moment that we speak and stand not only that people will be saved people would be healed people would be delivered that people must make a decision maybe you're here or maybe you're watching and you're saying maybe another day i would get serious with the lord maybe an opportune moment my friend god has given you so much of opportune moment And I've known of people that have woken up, go to work, and right in the middle of the road, they just died. You never know what can happen today or what can happen tomorrow. But it's very important, don't wait for a more convenient season. When you turn to Acts chapter 24 and verse 25, Felix had such an opportunity. Paul was preaching, he was, speech, he was speaking of very important things. He was speaking of righteousness, and he was speaking of temperance, and he was talking about judgment to come. We don't hear much about that today. And Felix trembled because he realized he was not in righteousness. He trembled because he knew that he had no temperance. He trembled even though he was judging He was afraid he would be judged by someone greater than Pontius Pilate or even Caesar himself. He trembled and answered, go your way for this time. When I have a more convenient season, I will call for you. It never came. Felix lost an opportunity to come into the kingdom, to be part of the eternity plan of God, God reaches out to everyone. And Felix said, maybe a convenient season, the sin of postponing, of doing, uh, delaying what we should be doing today, our life can just be a total mess if we do not put first things first. It's so important in every aspect, including in the kingdom and with the kingdom of God within us. You know how important it is that Paul is talking about, to the people, about his own conversion. Uh, That happened in Acts chapter nine, when he heard the voice and he fell off his horse and literally was blind. But what Paul says is very important because in Acts chapter 22 and verse 16, he's telling us what Ananias said to him. He said, and now why do you tarry? Arise, be baptized, wash away the sins, calling on the name of the Lord don't wait for a single moment it's a time to repent it's a time if you haven't been baptized and followed the Lord in the waters of baptism it's a time you should do that don't delay it it's a time that you need to be anointed with the Holy Spirit don't delay it's a time that you need to put your hand in what God has put the responsibility and do the work of the Lord don't delay that why do you tarry And that's the first message that Paul heard he never forgot. The first message as a man who persecuted the church heard from Ananias, why do you tarry? God has reached out to you in Damascus Road, sovereign way. You need to repent. You need to be baptized. You need to be right with God. I want you to realize how important it is paul and silas were in prison and it was at that moment they began to pray in the most difficult of circumstances in the shaking that happened this uh, warden of the prison realized that he would be in jeopardy so he wanted to kill himself and he cried out in acts chapter 16 and verse 13 30 what must i do to be saved and of course, he's trying to think in terms of natural salvation. I will talk about the physical part or maybe the emotional part. But Paul replies physical, solical, and spiritual, all three in one. How? In the next verse, in verse 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and your household. When you turn to verse 33, this man literally and his family were all baptized and everyone in his home straight away. Straight away means without delay. I'm asking you, maybe you have been running through the radio and television program. It's almost like a little entertainment, but I want you to understand this. There are decisions you have to make. You cannot delay it, you have to do it today. This is a great, opportune moment, and this is something very important. Back again, God is not slack concerning His promise. He will keep you. He will watch over you. Trust Him. Believe Him. And do what He has told you to do. You know, there's a passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2. A very important word. For He said, I have heard thee in a time accepted. In the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time behold now is the day of salvation don't wait until 2023 even right now you could make this decision you could actually say this is the accepted time today is the day of salvation don't delay this it's so important in fact this passage comes from psalm from David in his own personal experience And that comes from the book of Numbers with the experience of the people of Israel when they hardened their heart. What happened? They lost out on the word today. They thought they would postpone it for another day. So when you read Psalm 95 and verse 7, here is what it says, for he is our God and we are the sheep of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart, it says. What you find is not only in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 too in the New Testament, but the writer of Hebrew in the New Testament mentions this four times. You can turn to Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 7, Harden not your heart. Hebrews chapter, th- uh, 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 chapter 3 and verse 13, again he goes on to say, But exhort one another daily while it is still called today, lest any of you be hardened to the deceitfulness of sin. Then he goes on to say in the same chapter in verse 15, again the word today, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation. Again in chapter 4 and verse 7 of Hebrews, he says again, he limited a certain day saying to David, today after so long a time as it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. And David did not harden his heart. For a year, the song, the sweet psalmist never sang. For a year or two, he just began to do what he felt and thinking it's okay until Nathan said, it is you, David. And he cried out to God, thank God, even the worst of the worst sins can be forgiven. He never delayed. The moment God spoke to him, God is speaking to you. There are things you need to do, and it's very important. You know... This man, he was sick, and Isaiah came to him and says, put your house in order, Second Kings chapter 20. Get your books ready, because you will leave. He cried, he cried, he cried. God was merciful to him. But I want you to know, there, might, there comes a time when God says, finito. We write a book. That's what a tale that is told, the psalmist says. But when we write a book, You don't put somewhere in the end to be continued, my friend, in the end. It is the end. You don't continue. You will stand before the judgment seat of God. There's no end until God says finito, and the end is which direction you go. Whether you go to be with God, or you go without God to a darkened world, the decision is with you. We are some in substance of the decision we make, You've gone to college, you have earned well. You went and did business, you've earned well. Why? This is the decisions you've made. You made a bad decision, you suffered. So decisions, and we become some and substance of the decisions we make. What about eternity? While you and I still have breath, we can make decisions, not only to be in the land's book of life, but also to do the right and to be the right to be able to reach out and help others, to be able to reach out and be there for people, to be there for God, and to be his hand, to be his voice, to be walking for him, if we could, in this life. We cannot, once we stand before God, that opportunity is gone. It's finito. I want you to know this very importantly. As we conclude, it's a very important thought here. Today, And the value of today is so important. So that's why the psalmist says in chapter 90 and verse 12, Lord, teach me to number my days that I may apply my heart to wisdom. Number my years. Yes, we celebrate our birthdays. Celebrate, not years. Not number them even by the months. Not even by the weeks. Number them by day. Think in terms of the calendar, 2023. The first day, take a pen and mark number one. It's over. It's not coming back. The question is, what did you do to be a blessing? What did you do for God, for all that he's done for you, that one day, check out what you did? You wrote checks to many people to be able to enjoy yourself What in the world did you do for the kingdom of God? Suddenly it's stinginess, and yet, rightly so, you go down to a restaurant and pay 18 plus, 20%. That's called a tip, and we grumble about tights. I'm going to say, what did we do? I'm so honored to see you all today. For a lot of people on a foggy day like this, they wouldn't come. I asked a precious sister, how did you come? knowing it's so difficult for her to come. I thought maybe uh, Yuba brought her here. She said, he drove. I said, how did you do that? Slowly, I wanted to be in the church, she said. The desire to be in the house of God, willing in the midst of, in spite of what takes place, willing to reach out to someone and pray for someone, reach out to someone, help someone, that is a decision in making, but that has such large consequence in heaven. Great reward in heaven, it's so important. Teach me to number my days. So simply speaking, when you think about that one day, what if it was your last day? What if this message I speak was my last message? What if this was the last day on earth? We make plans for eternity. We have long-term plans, we must, but also short-term plans. What if I'm called today or I'm called tomorrow? Keep your books in order. Make sure everything is right. It's just too late once you're gone. While it is all good to take care of the books today, to take care of the things in the house, what about your place in the kingdom of God? Everything else will come to an end. And that's what I talked about in First Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 29. Time is short. Verse 31, it's a fleeting moment. Everything in the world will perish. But in the end, what will sustain is the kingdom of God. And you know what? The time will come to an end. When God began, before creation, there was no time. And then he put time into it, and what was so amazing is God came into the limited time period, and there will come a time when time will be finished and we'll be going to eternity. Everything you see around is time-dated, even your car, even your house, even your own life. But there's one thing that has no time later limited it is the kingdom of god and if you're in the kingdom of god eternity time will be merged into eternity 20 years 40 years 60 years psalm 90 verse 10 tells us 70 years and if by reason of strength 80 years but even if we reach 80 years it's gone it's a fleeting moment like a vapor it's the end of a pilgrimage. It's the end of a story. It's the end of a tale that is well told. It's the end. But that is simply not the end. We still need to give an account of what we did in this limited time called life. Time. You know, when you turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, we must be wise. Walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Why? In verse 16, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Verse 17 goes on to say, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Redeeming the time, redeeming the opportunity. Is there a way that you can redeem? The Lord gave a parable about people that he gave gifts to in terms of talents, in terms of money, in terms of opportunities. And then one day, he comes and asks a reckoning. What did you do with this which was mine? Did you multiply it? Did you hide it? What did you do? The man who hid it thought he would never be asked. You think you would never be asked? Maybe you have seven children and you don't even know their names. Maybe you have responsibility. You're saying, I don't need to. The government is going to support me, my friend. We must be where God placed us. We must be in the place where he called us to work. We must be in the place that he called us to live. We must be in the church that he's called us to serve. He has joined us. And we need to understand God will require of us. You know, when you go into this passage, in Luke chapter 13, verse 6, verse 7, verse 8, verse 9, what is... Important is we find a certain man at a fig planted and he came and sought fruit and found none in verse 7 He said to the uh, Shepherd uh, he said to the gardener uh, Behold these three years three years means seven years You see the first three years it has to lay dormant and the fourth year It has to be given to the Lord so four years and now he's waited three more years for seven years. He got nothing Cut it down. Why cumber it to the ground? Why waste the ground? It's just occupying space. There's a lot of people occupying space. What are you doing? Nana? No, no. What's your plan? No, no. You're just occupying space. There's a purpose why you are here. In verse 8, he answering said unto the gardener, uh, The gardener said, Lord, let it alone this year also till I shall dig it about and dug it. I'll do the best I can once again. In verse 9, look at what he said. And if it bears fruit, well. But if not, after that you shall cut it down, Lord. If I will do the best I can, if it bears fruit, great. But if not, I will have to cut it down You know, when we think of life so brief, I want us to understand that it is so important we understand God's grace. I was asked, what's the promise for 2023? It's a passage you and I know that. We sing that. In just a moment, I'm going to ask Pastor Val to sing that song. But that's found in Lamentation. Chapter 3, verse 22 23, 24. If you go to the, let's read KJV, and then we'll go to the revised version. It is God's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassion failed not. And then it goes on to say, they are new every morning, great is his faithfulness. Verse 24, the Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore I hope in him. If you go into the revised version of Lamentation, chapter 3, verse 22, the same words, God's mercies, they are new every morning. Think in terms of his mercy. Think in terms of his compassion. Think in terms of his good faithfulness. It is very important. I want us to stand just now, maybe. I know I didn't give them the uh, revised version. They may be searching. But if we stand a moment, I want you to remember three things. The steadfast love of the Lord, it never ceases. Can you say after me, the steadfast love of the Lord? It never ceases. His mercy never comes to a close. They are new every morning. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord. I'm praying the steadfast love of God for you in 2023. No matter what comes, the steadfast love. That is the unchanging, uncompromising love of God. It's not here today and gone tomorrow. I want you to accept the love, the amazing love, the love that whored us, I've loved you with an everlasting love, and with cords of loving kindness I've drawn you unto myself. That steadfast love of God will never cease. Number one, his mercy. If it was not for his mercy, where would we be? Maybe you've been a David fell, and yet it rebounds in such greatness if you would repent. Maybe you are a person who ran well and like Demas has lost his way. Or you could be like Mark who has walked away and yet come back that even Peter wanted him. And Paul towards the end of his life said, bring Mark to me, made himself valuable. I want you to understand it is the mercy of God that we are not finished they never cease it'll never come to an end why just say great is thy faithfulness oh we need the steadfast love of god in 2023 we need the mercy of god in 2023 we need the faithfulness it simply means commitment of god he's committed but what is important is think of that one day one day teach me lord to number my day number it in terms of 24 hours what can i do in the moment i have can i help someone can i be there to give a kind word can i reach out and touch somebody pray for them Can I reach out and be an instrument of healing and deliverance, love and grace, and peace in a world that is in a turmoil? I'm going to ask you, my friend, live each day, even though you have great plans, live each day like it is your last day, your last meal, your last contact with that friend, still love him because it could be your last day. You cannot undo it, but teach me wisdom. Help me to live that day with wisdom. Christ is the end of wisdom, the personification of wisdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that you've been encouraged by the word of the Lord. To learn more, please visit our website, highlandny.org, or our Facebook page, Highland Church New York. Until next time, may God richly bless you.